0: You're listening to a Catholic Bible Study Podcast. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Hi, and welcome to Form Now. We are in the fourth part of our five-part series on the Glorious Mysteries of the Rosary. Today we are going to cover the Assumption. And With me is Dr. John Seahorn, who is a professor at the Augustan Institute Graduate School of Theology. I'm Taylor Kemp are you doing, John? I'm fine. How are you, Taylor? I'm wonderful. Uh, so let's dive right into the assumption. Um, I was thinking, could you just walk us through what exactly is the belief about the assumption?
1: Sure. Um, so the, the assumption, it, it's not so much about, you know, an unfounded conclusion, which is usually what we talk about. Don't make assumptions, <laughs> right? Um, no, in this case, um, the, the, the word assumption just comes from a, a Latin word, assumptio, which means a kind of Um, kind of taking up Mm -hmm. okay and it's this refers to the belief um, that at the end of her life on earth Mary was taken up uh, into heaven not only her soul but also Mm -hmm. uh, but also her body Um, so this is a a defined dogma Mm -hmm. a lot of the details around it though we don't we don't really know Mm -hmm. there's a there's a whole kind of panoply of uh, of legends that arise in the early church about what exactly this this looked like Mm -hmm. Uh, so for example um, the vast majority of our early witnesses about this um, uh, attest to the fact that Mary died right. uh, uh, before being assumed um, into heaven. Um, but we're not required to believe that. Right. Right. Um and then there's also, uh, there, there is diversity of opinion in the yeah. tradition about whether uh, she was resurrected on earth before being taken mm-hmm. into heaven. But, um, but the point of, of the dogma and the really important thing for our faith mm-hmm. is to know that Mary um, already shares perfectly body and soul in the resurrected life of Jesus in heaven.
0: Yeah. Um, and I thought, could you maybe distinguish a little bit? I've heard the question, what is the difference between Mary's assumption into heaven and mm-hmm. Jesus's ascension into heaven?
1: Um, you know, actually what's interesting is the, the, the Greek term for assumption, mm-hmm. analepsis, for those of you who are taking notes, uh, um, that actually, that term actually is used to talk mm. about Jesus being taken, mm-hmm. uh, into heaven as well. And so, um, you know, we, we, we can, um, distinguish them, uh, though, in, in a certain sense in that Mary's assumption is entirely passive, yes. yep. right? Right. She is taken by God into yep. heaven. Now we can also talk about Uh, God the Father raising Jesus from the dead, Mm -hmm. right, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But we can also, in the New Testament, does also talk um, about Jesus rising from the dead because he himself conquers death. So the key difference here, right, is that what we see in Jesus's resurrection and ascension is his own conquest of death, his his own own, victory over death. In Our Lady, what we see is um, her participation in Jesus's uh, uh, victory over death.
0: Okay, awesome. So... um... With that, let's let's look a more into the scriptures now, which um, especially for this the fourth and fifth mysteries, the glorious mysteries of the Rosary, it can be a little harder. They're not as explicit as some of the other mysteries of the Rosary that we are we are looking at. And so, um, something that's part of our Catholic tradition is something called typology, which we're going to be looking at a little bit here. Do you want to just touch on just kind of what is behind that, and then and then move us into where can we see some of these types or how can we start to understand Mary's assumption scripturally?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, I think a really good place to start, um, is with the readings, uh, yeah. that the church actually appoints for the feast of it's like a uh, Our Lady's assumption.
0: They find it for you.
1: It, it totally is. In fact, there have been times, Taylor, uh, Especially since um, I'm a convert to the faith, mm-hmm. I wasn't raised Catholic. Same, same yep. for you. When I'd kind of started studying typology, and I would I make these the connections, I just,
0: I just listen to you guys. But
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of started making some of these connections, and yeah. I was like really excited about them. Yeah. And then I went and looked in the lectionary it's right there. and like, yeah, the churches are, that's just remember, what, that's um, what
0: we i did. When I was converting, I was reading some Scott Hahn books, which have a lot of typological things in it. And then I remember th- at the, when I was a graduate student here going into the catechism and I thought that like everything he was telling me was completely new. And then I looked at the catechism and I was like, oh, it's right there. So, that's right. No, I mean, That's yeah, so. that's the
1: idea, right? We want to be scribes who are trained for the kingdom, who are bringing out yes. things old and new. Um, so, yes, the readings. So um, yeah, going to the readings for the the assumption. Well, the first reading, we'll talk about a little bit, and mm-hmm. I think you'll also discuss it more with Dr. Klein when mm-hmm. you talk about Our Lady's coronation, is from the end of Revelation 11, beginning of Revelation 12. Yeah. So we could turn there a little bit later, but I, I think yeah. a really great place to start actually is with the gospel. And this yeah. is really puzzling for people because... Um, uh, we we don't have, as you mentioned, we don't have an explicit account of yep. the moment when Mary was in fact taken into heaven in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So what do we read for the Gospel? What we actually read is the story of the Visitation. Yeah, which is right? surprising. So right this and this of course is the second uh, yeah. joyful mystery. Yeah. Right. So this is familiar if you've been following yeah. the uh, the Rosary series. Yep. And it's the description of Mary after the Annunciation. She's conceived the Lord Jesus in her womb. Mm-hmm. She arises and goes with haste. Uh, to visit her her kinswoman Elizabeth, who of course is pregnant with John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, John the Baptist leaps in in um, Elizabeth's womb. You have this beautiful greeting between the two, and then it it leads to uh, the Magnificat, Mary's yep. sort of beautiful song of praise, right? Um, and uh, I just I love this whole story. But you think, well, why? Why in the world would this yeah. be associated What's the with the connection? assumption? Okay. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna impose on your patience a little Kay. bit in order to, to kind of see how this works. So um, you know, w- you, you mentioned typology, Taylor, and typology is a way of reading the Bible uh, using your fingers. Okay. Because you gotta be able to like stick your <laughs> finger I just in one part Ooh. of the Bible and be ready to yep. to look back and forth and compare things, right? Yes. Because uh, sacred like scripture is inspired by a single divine author who's unfolding a single really beautiful plan of salvation. And yeah. so we need to be ready to kind of flip back and forth and see how these things work. So if you want to stick your finger in your Bible, put one in Luke chapter one, yep. verses 39 to 45, the story of the visitation, and the other one in 2 Samuel chapter six. Now, this is really important. What's going on in Second, cha- second Samuel chapter six is that King David... Has has just managed to um to reunite all the tribes yep. of Israel. Okay. And he's taken um Jerusalem, yep. and he's going to bring the Ark of God yeah. now to Jerusalem. There's a whole backstory to what had happened to the Ark. Um, but of course, the Ark, if you remember, is where uh God in a special way dwelt yep. uh, among his people. So this is a very important moment when David yeah, this is, is huge. Oh yeah, yeah David's establishing uh, a United Kingdom of Israel centered in Jerusalem and he's bringing the ark of God's presence there. Yep. And if you read um the account of what goes on there, we won't be able to go through it uh yeah. entirely, but I encourage um uh, I encourage everybody to take time to read both of these in detail. And one of the things that we notice is there there are certain um details in the stories mm-hmm. that align in really yeah. like um uh, intriguing ways, yeah. right? So, I mean, you have an MA from the uh, August Institute, Taylor. True. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you. Kay. What are, what are a couple of those details?
0: So, some of the details are it is in the hill country.
1: That's right. That's right. The Ark had been in the hill country, <clears throat> yep. right, uh, before coming to Jerusalem.
0: And then David's gonna go get it.
1: Okay. Well, so. And then uh, Mary, and then Mary goes to the hill country. Sorry, so we hill country on both stores. We got, yes, I'm telling you, yep. it's the flipping. I know, it's the flipping. Sorry,
0: the fingers. Uh, yes, yeah, so Mary goes into the hill country to visit that's right. Elizabeth. That's right. Yep. Um Yep. She's going to stay there for three months, and am I am I jumping? No, that's right. Here? No, that's, yeah, yeah. that's okay. okay.
1: Well, so an interesting thing, if I could pause you for a second, an mm-hmm. interesting thing about the way that the details line up is that. They don't sort of line up in like, you can just draw exact straight lines order. across them. Yep. They're, they're just kind of all Holistic, there in a different yeah. order. And that's that's actually, for the fathers of the church, one of the indications that this is not doctored. Yep. Right? that, that This actually is God disposing these details to yep. draw our attention to similarities, even though they're different.
0: So the the Ark had been in the hill country for three months. That's right. And Mary is going to spend three months with her cousin Elizabeth. David is going to have the Ark brought back to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And upon encountering the Ark, he's going to dance with joy before the ark. That's right. And he's going to say uh, the line, where is it? Mm, we will find, but he's going to say, how is it, that the ark of my oh, Lord that's in has come that's in verse nine. That's in verse Second nine. 2 Samuel six verse there nine. There it is. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, "How can the ark of the Lord come to me?" Mm-hmm. And then, as we jump forward to uh, Mary visiting Elizabeth, we're going to see the encounter between the two of them, and we're going to see right? John the Baptist dance or jump or leap with joy in the womb of Elizabeth. And then Elizabeth says that incredible line um, to our to the Blessed Mother, "Blessed are you." Um, wait, where is it? No, there yeah, it is. Forty three. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Mm -hmm. So we just see. I mean, there's a ton of parallels here, and you can even see that Luke. You you
1: even missed two. What what was okay? So one of them is that David arose and went. Yes. And then Mary Mary arose arose and and went went with haste into the hill country. Yes. And the other one is that. that as the ark is being brought into Jerusalem there are these loud cries That's right, right? Yeah. they're shouting and and in the Greek you have a nice match in the language here between the cries as the ark is being the cries of joy as yep. the ark is being brought in and then um
0: verse 42
1: uh, Mary yeah sorry Elizabeth exclaiming Elizabeth with a loud cry. cry to Mary right yeah. so there's there's what there's like five of them
0: it's incredible and so i mean i think that we can look at Luke here as a gospel writer mm-hmm. that he has this in the back of his mind and he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, intentionally presenting this visitation of Mary with uh, the Christ child in her womb as a kind of retelling here of Second Samuel 6. I, th-
1: I think that's right. And and the key to it actually comes a little bit earlier in Luke 1, mm-hmm. when Mary has asked Gabriel, uh, you know, how's this going to happen? How am I going to have this this Messiah child uh, since I'm a virgin? Yep. I don't know a man. And Gabriel says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Mm-hmm. And that language of of being overshadowed by the divine presence is actually drawn from the Greek version of Exodus chapter 40. Yeah. When Moses has constructed the tabernacle, yeah. including the ark, and uh and and God's presence comes down. So what the the picture that we see being presented here is of Mary mm-hmm. as the ark of the new covenant. The,
0: yep, the new ark. Right?
1: She's the new uh she's the place where in this previously unimaginable way Mm -hmm. God's holy presence has come to dwell on earth right just as in the ark uh God God dwelt in a special way among his people Israel now in Mary God has come to dwell with his people not only with Israel but eventually uh with all of us and
0: you can even think about when you get more specifically about the contents of the ark in the in the old covenant was the rod of Aaron the ten Mm -hmm. commandments and and the the manna and mm-hmm. then we see Jesus as the the bread of life, mm-hmm. he's the giver of the new law, and he is the new high priest. And that's so all excellent. of these things are coming together. A plus. Thank A, you. Yep. I already well have done. the degree, but I'll well take it. Done.
1: <laughs> well, you know, um, well, I don't even think we're gonna have time to talk about everything that I know, We kinda hope okay. to, but you, you might still be wondering, okay, well, what does it have to do with right. the assumption? What is it? Right? Yeah. And and this is one of those things that you know, um, we're the beneficiaries of centuries. Yeah. Of Christians who pondered these texts, who prayed them, mm-hmm. who um, you know, who sought to to let their lives be formed by them, yep. and one of the connections that they began to make uh, was to a psalm, yep. to Psalm uh, 132, which actually refers to um, this uh, this event we just saw in Second Samuel 6 mm-hmm. and David bringing the ark to Jerusalem, and and uh, the whole thing is really beautiful to to. Um, to ponder and, mm-hmm. and to pray through, but I just want to look for a minute at verse 8. Mm-hmm. Psalm 132, verse 8 says, arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place. Or the Hebrew really just says to your rest, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, you and the ark of your might. Now, in, in one way, in a, at a kind of historical level, at the literal the mm-hmm. literal level, right, of course, this is about the story that we were just looking yeah. at in 2 Samuel 6. But as Christians prayed about this and, and recognized that Jesus fulfills all the scriptures, they said, well, wait a minute, this word for arise here, it's actually the same word, one of the words that the New Testament frequently uses to talk about our Lord's resurrection, mm. right? So. Maybe this That's is beautiful. about more yeah. Yeah. than just, just David. David and the ark. What about the new David yeah. and the new ark? Yeah. And so we have here in that first line, arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place. This is what we see fulfilled in our Lord's resurrection yeah. and ascension, right? The Lord rises and then goes to his rest. It's such a rich word in Hebrew. Too. Yeah, Menechah, I just going to say, you just think right? of the creation account. It's, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's the idea of Sabbath, the, the heavenly rest yeah. of the Sabbath. And this is what Jesus has entered into. Mm-hmm on our behalf, going before us into heaven. But then it says you and the ark of your might. Yep. Right. And so we see this fulfilled in our lady's assumption.
0: And you can just see the importance of some of this typology where it's like understanding that Mary is being presented as the new ark is not just some kind of anecdotal, fun little Bible quiz. It's it's like, no, no, no. Then we can look and we can see there's there's prophecy in the Old Testament that tells us about things that are to come, and then we see this in relation with Christ and right. the Ark with His mother.
1: That's right. Yeah. And then and then you might think, well, okay, well, that's that's really neat for her. Yeah. But what does that have to do with right.
0: me? Right. What does that? And
1: yep. and um and boy, I wish I wish we had a little more time to 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 go into some other texts on this and stuff. But you know, to kind of keep it brief brief, um, it has everything to do with us. Yeah right? Because um, Mary's blessedness, her her uh, privilege of being the ark, of being in this unique way, the dwelling place uh, of Christ, mm-hmm. um, is not something that's only for her alone. Mm-hmm. Think about what Jesus said to her when she and some of his relatives came to see him in Capernaum, Yeah, yeah. right? They said, your, your mother and your brothers are outside, yeah. they want to see you.
0: Who is my and mother and said, my brother?
1: Right? Those who, who do, hear the yeah. word of God, and do it. Yeah. And so we're invited into that, into that blessedness as well. Yeah.
0: Um, and then, I, I mean, I think you're right that we probably don't have enough time to go into the text, but um, when we're, we're talking about Christ's resurrection here, and then there's some language in the New Testament about him being the first fruits. And then... Um, how can we kind of understand Mary in relation to Christ's resurrection, our resurrection, where she fits in all this? Okay,
1: yeah, I mean, I think you're talking about First Corinthians fifteen, which is actually the second reading for mm-hmm. the Feast of the Assumption. It talks about Christ being the first fruits. And then at the end, when Christ has put uh, when God has put all of his enemies under Christ's feet, mm-hmm. that the rest of us will rise. and you think, well, what about what about Mary? Yeah and the point is with Mary, right that, that in a unique way, she's already, this um, all-holy ark, right? Mm-hmm. The ark was to be gilded with gold. There would be no impurity yeah. in it. And as that special dwelling place for God, she already participated in that. And so it's fitting that she would already participate in the resurrection. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, Taylor, but I am not an all-pure ark. <laughs> but this is actually the, the kind of point I was yeah. getting at is that the, the blessedness <clears throat> of being the ark, of, of um, being a dwelling place for God, mm-hmm. is what every Christian is called yes, to. Yes, that's right. And it's what we already yeah. participate in by grace because of our faith because of our baptism because yeah. of our participation in the sacraments yep. and so you know when when we pray the rosary and we contemplate the assumption of mary
0: mm-hmm.
1: right and the all-holy ark of god that has risen with her lord yeah. to share in his rest what we're looking at is what we are all called to yeah right and so we can pray to our lord uh for the grace uh to be pure to be yeah. like mary we can pray to our lady Uh, for her to help us, for her to pray for us, and for her to invite us into that blessedness that the Lord gave her.
0: Yeah, and we just see that, you know, the great joy of the resurrection is that Christ has defeated death, and then we look to Mary's assumption, and we say that in her, he's defeated death and has raised up her body, which is what the hope is for all of us, and that that can be a great source of hope for us, that well, Christ has defeated death, we see Mary participate this in a preeminent way for what all of our hope is. And so we can look to her and say, like, yes, yeah, she she was assumed, she was taken up not by her own power, she was taken up by the power of Christ. And so exactly. too, that's the exact same hope that we have, she just goes before us. That's exactly, um, right. And it makes me think of the language um, of the Second Vatican Council where Mary advanced in her pilgrimage of faith, mm-hmm. um, and that we we're supposed to follow her in in this pilgrimage of faith, and that she's the exemplar of the church. And so we just look at her and we... we it's almost better off, I think, to have a kind of stance, uh, not so much of, well, why did she get this and why this and why this? It's like, no, no, let us look to her and be like, that's what Christ promised all of us. And Mm -hmm. she's who can help us get there. She can help us. She can intercede for us so that we may be without stain so that we may be assumed, you know, brought up body and soul into heaven one day. Um, And she is kind of the, the image of hope, I think, of the power of God's grace because Christ by, you know, through a whole different theology of who he is and his person was Uh, ascended into heaven and defeated death, but Mary then is brought with him and that we hope the same thing for us. Well said. Yes. Uh, Do you have any parting comments of just uh, how can we pray this devotion a little bit better or um, anything for the viewers? No, I mean, I I,
1: I think that, uh, you know, everything that we've said um, really gives, I mean, it makes me excited to go and and pray this mystery, honestly.
0: Yeah. Oh, it is. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We we pray that these conversations will deepen your devotion to the rosary, will deepen uh, your devotion to Our Lady, and bring you closer to Christ. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. We have one more to go. Uh, Next week, you will uh, hear from myself and Dr. Liz Klein on the coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Thank you so much, and God bless. You can watch this Bible study in video format by visiting form.org.